0: Another episode of the Fearless Mums Club podcast. I'm Christine Drummond, your host, and I have the gorgeous Denise Ambrose here with me. Although she tells me that she has been known as Dennis the Menace growing up, Um, we were talking about nicknames off air, and I've had a lot of nicknames over the over my time um, on this planet as well. I'm I'm a big nickname fan. Anyway, that aside, um, Denise is our guest today. You guys are going to love her. What I love about this woman is She's a. I was going to say a man of her word. She's a woman of her (laughs) word. She is so good at leading herself first, showing up for herself and for others. And she's just an incredible cheerleader. She's a positive person. It's very rarely you catch Denise without a smile on her face. And she'll share a little bit about her background and what she's done. But I just love how she has this incredible servant heart, and she's all about. You know, just serving the person in front of her. And I absolutely love that. So Denise, welcome to the show. I would love you to share with the listeners a little bit about your background. Who is Denise Ambrose?
1: Oh, that, that was such a beautiful introduction. Thank you, Christine. And I love what you said, a man of her word, because you know, my nickname being Dennis, that kind of was quite appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was really lovely. So a bit about my background. I grew up in Tasmania. And then I moved around a lot around Australia. I've lived in four different states. Um, During that time, I had my three gorgeous kids. Uh, I I was previously married. That sort of, you know, by the way, as they do sometimes. But as a result of that, I do have my three kids to that first marriage. And I recently got married last October to my husband, Greg, and now I'm Denise Whelan. So I've gone from Ambrose to Whelan. And, yeah, we're, we're having a, a very nice time together. The second time around, I think you um, learn from your mistakes and things that went, you know, well and not so well last time and sort of recreate it. So I'm, I'm pretty grateful to have another go at it. Um, I, you know, I look at other couples that, that get it right the first time and I go, that's just fantastic. It would be lovely. But, you know, that, didn't, that wasn't my path, so that's okay. Um, I have three grown-up children who I love to absolute bits. I rarely see them these days, which I'll talk a bit more um, about that later as a mum. But um, yeah, they're all grown up and they're doing their own exciting stuff. They're living all over Australia. So, my eldest daughter is married. She's been married. It'll be coming up to five years in June. No grandchildren. It's not an issue. <laughs> I've been told to stop dropping hints. So, <laughs> I've laid off that a bit. Um, and she moves around a lot. Her hubby's a chemical engineer with a beer brewing company, can you believe? So, they've got a pretty pretty fun time. Um, I've got a son. He's my middle child and he's, well, not child. They've still always been my children, but yeah, my middle um, child and he's 27. He's a software engineer and he's looking to go to work in Silicon Valley in San Francisco, which is really exciting. It's just so much fun watching them from afar and seeing what they're doing. And my youngest, Bella, she's 22 and she's the little hippie of the family she um she's just finished a marine biology degree, and she finished her degree in the Galapagos Islands, would you believe and then she went on to Honduras in Central America to do her master dive. So now she's about to turn about to turn twenty two not quite there yet, and she is applying for work in New Zealand with freshwater ecology. so that's kind of my background, yeah, we did move around a lot. um the kids kind of made lots of different friends along the way, and we lived in lots of different settings, remote. Not not in cities, we're not city people, but yeah, a lot of remote settings, which kind of shaped the way that they grew up as well. So um, I was also a high school physical education teacher, um, and I did that across lots of different states as well and learnt lots of different curriculums. Um, and I have taught all of my kids at various times because we have lived in small places and, and the option wasn't really there for them to um, be in different schools to their mum. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Wow. Um what
0: a colorful family you have, like so interesting and and all their choices in careers and travel and everything. There's never a dull moment in your family, I can just tell. And their sense of adventure obviously comes from you as well. And, you know, as a child, our family moved around a lot. We lived in so many different towns and I think it really does help with that inner spirit, you know, and communication and social skills and Um, you know, you just kind of give things more of a crack, I, I believe. And, you know, I've recently moved our family, you know, 16 hours away from the Gold Coast. And I just love seeing our kids really flourish. And, you know, their confidence oozes when they're talking to strangers or meeting someone for the first time. And I just love that, Denise, that you, you know, you gave your kids that opportunity as well. And doing the homeschooling thing, oh my gosh, hats off to all the parents out there that are homeschooling. I'm I'm lucky to survive the holidays with my kids and 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 teach them you know how to read and, and help them with those skills. Let alone teach them you know different subjects and things. So you should be honestly you should be so proud of of the upbringing that you've given your kids. Um, okay, let's shift gears a little bit then. I'd love to know what's the worst thing you've done as a mum that you can think of. What what comes to mind? <laughs>
1: Oh, I was thinking about this question earlier and there were so many things. <laughs> and It was hard, you know, without um, implicating myself too much thinking of one. <laughs> um, it's, it's really a wonder that any of our kids survive to adulthood, to be completely honest. Um, but one that sticks to mind was when I just had the first two kids, the youngest one wasn't born yet, and probably the first time we had a sleep-in without, um, yeah, and let them kind of free-range a bit. and I walked out to the kitchen and there was eggs all over the floor a couple in a bowl on the floor um and I thought you know what they're they're probably okay we'll just like scoop them up put them in a bowl she's obviously been trying to make herself some breakfast and some scrambled eggs you know being that that role model role playing watching watching what we've been doing so I cooked up the eggs and um they tasted disgusting and what had happened was she (laughs) she found the bottle of glycerin from the bubble making as well and and thought that'd be a good addition to the scrambled eggs so that was that was her and my son, in the meantime, had gone into the bathroom and decided that it was time to start shaving it too. So he got his dad's razor and sliced his lip. By the time we got up, it had actually not stopped bleeding. It was quite a sharp cut, so that was, that was lucky. Um, and that was all in the same morning with the same little ex um, yeah episode. So that's probably one of the worst ones that I can remember amongst the, amongst the many. Oh my gosh! And how do you handle that situation as a mum, like?
0: Yeah. Well, like what are you, are you a mum that kind of like goes into panic? Like if I see my kids hurt, I kind of start panicking. A little
1: bit. <laughs> no one loves to see their kids hurt. No, they don't. Luckily, um, you know, everything was okay by the time we got there and um, I didn't really panic. It was just more relief, like guilt, obviously for sleeping in. And that never happened <laughs> for a very long time again after that one, well, a little. little. Um, and then just relief that everything was okay and things could have been so much worse. Oh,
0: absolutely. I was reminiscing about a um a time in our life where I turned my back on summer. She was just under two. She must've been one and a half or something. I turned my back for just a couple of seconds and it was enough for her to get the pump soap in her mouth and start drinking it. And By the time I turned around, she was frothing at the mouth and she was convulsing. And oh, wow. so I've just like all these thoughts just rushed to your head. Like, is this the last, last moments of her life? Is this all I've got left with her? Is, you know, and so I rang the ambulance and um, they put me through the poisons hotline. And once they knew the brand and everything, they were just like, well, she's going to be okay. There's nothing too poisonous in there. You've just got to try and flush it out and keep an eye on her. But it, it, anything like that, it can just happen so quickly, can't it, if you're not watching all the time. But then also you don't want to be on their case all the time either. They need to be able to experiment. And, um, you know, that playing with the eggs and, you know, putting in the in the detergent. <laughs> it's all it's all part of science, and it's all part of creativity. And they've got to discover these things. And if we don't allow them to make these mistakes, it's very hard for them to learn. I remember as a kid, once I went to put a knife in a toaster, and my mom, apps like she saw it just as the like the knife was already in, and she let out this massive big scream. And I've thrown the knife up, and it shocked me so much. I just went into this traumatic state. And I just ran, I just ran out of the caravan park where we were staying and I was just so shocked that, you know, I, I never, never touched a toaster for many, many years. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so funny how all these lessons, like we need these lessons, these mistakes in yeah. our life to be able to shape us into the people that we are, but also to keep us safe later on, you know, we, we learn from these um, something that we do around our table as well um, at nighttime is we talk about the things we get wrong through the day, you know, so that we can embrace our failures and not be afraid of them. you know we're not afraid to get things wrong. Denise, you're in the same um, profession as me, and we see we come across so many people who want to be right all the time. they'd rather be right than be open and and try something new, you know what I mean? So we want our kids to be open, we want them to be able to experience new things. so, and we don't want them to ever be afraid of getting things wrong, you know? And um, I'm trying to, trying really, really hard to not be that judgmental mum, you know, when they do get things wrong. And, you know, I'm, I become a little bit more curious these days. That's interesting, why did you make that decision? Rather than go, ah! <laughs> I don't know I what it. your parents were like, but my mum, yeah, she was quite judgmental. And sorry, mum, if you're listening to this podcast, but it's true. Um, <laughs> I didn't go to her for very many things. I went to dad. Because he was a very good listener, um, whereas mum kind of flew off, the ha- flew off the handles a bit at us if we, um, if we messed up. So, anyway, we digress. Sorry, Denise. Um, <laughs> I'd, love to, um, I'd love you to share with the listeners, you know, what do you love most about being a mum?
1: This is another big, big question. And I thought something sprung to mind immediately. And that's actually being called mum, which you don't think about until your kids have left home. And when you're around your adult kids, like you don't get called mum at any other time, obviously. But when they're younger, you kind of take that for granted, that, that, that mum label. But, yeah, I love being around my kids now and just hearing them just call me mum. So you can, no one else can take that, you know, hold that place in their heart except for you. So I love that about it. I love seeing how capable they are, how um, loving they are with each other, how they've always got each other's back. I love how ethical they are and knowing that each one of them is going to have a positive impact in the world. And they already are. They're just such, um, we've got such high ethics and morals. And, and I love that about, it just makes me so proud. And, and, and obviously that pride as a mum that you feel in every single one of their accomplishments and, and the way that they grow and learn, like you were saying, like, you know, they, everyone stuffs up. They've all stuffed up, but it's about how they grow and learn from that and then evolve. So, and there's some I could go on all day, but they're, they're, they're probably some of the most ones that sprang to mind straight up.
0: I love that, and I love the simplicity of you know it 's just nice to be called mum it 's just nice to know and and this goes back to like um, when I was previously married as well, like we tried for seven years to have a child, you know, and so many people out there try longer, and um, a lot of a lot of them don't get the gift of you know having children to themselves, so we do take it for granted when our kids when we do have these beautiful miracles and our kids do call us mum, so I love that, I love the simplicity of that and at the end of the day it doesn't matter what possessions we have we still have these amazing people that will follow us wherever we go that have this unconditional love for us and and I love that Denise it's it's such a beautiful thing so thank you for bringing that up um all right what's the greatest lesson or piece of advice that someone's given you that's helped you as a role of, as a mother
1: uh, don't sweat the small stuff you know you don't have to have a perfect house I've got this favorite saying that um an impeccable home is a sign of a boring lady. <laughs> um, and it's especially true when there's kids around. You know, No one's going to die if there's stuff all over the place, as long as there's no amoebic dysentery in the house and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it doesn't matter if there's toys everywhere. It's so much more important to have experiences with the kids and let them explore and let them make a mess. And, um, yeah, so, so that as well as they will feed off your energy. So if you're uptight or angry or feeling down, um, you know, that will impact them, particularly when they're really little. No, at any point, actually, yeah. So I've, I've had to catch myself when they were growing up about, you know, I'm feeling really stressed and I put that onto them. So I've been really um, careful about that when I've been given that advice and just, you know, just be grateful for every single day that you have with them because I know in a flash, like I'm 55 now, and when I look back on my life and there's a timeline, it feels like the time I had my kids at home with me was just a flash in the pan of that whole timeline, so um, yeah that that would be it. The, the best piece of advice is don't sweat the small stuff and appreciate every single moment that they're in your home.
0: I love that honey, and for our regular listeners, this comes up so often. so many of the mums talk about not sweating the small stuff, don't worry about the messy room, don't worry about the messy house it's it's a creative space, and it does it shows that you're you're not boring, <laughs> um, and if people are coming over, isn't it amazing how quickly you can get that house clean when people actually give you notice that they're coming over in half an hour? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you turn into this massive maniac that can clean in an instance, whereas other times you can go days without, you know, doing the washing or or whatever cleaning up. So I love that, and it's so true that they do feed off your energy, you know. And we've spoken about this on the podcast before. When the mum is in a funk, usually the whole household is in a funk. When the mum's feeling down, eating bad on a downward spiral, usually the whole energy is feeding off that as well. And it's the same, male energy. Um, male energy, it, I don't know about you, Denise, but feels so much heavier in the household as well. And um, the males really have to be um, conscious of that, you know? We, um, we're in a household where, uh, where my hubby works away and when he's away there's a different energy and when he comes home there's a heavier energy so we have to manage that with more fun more dance more music you know there's things that we do to help lighten the space when he comes home because when he comes home he's in relaxation mode he's in i don't really want to do much although he's very domesticated i'll give you that um he um will do a lot of things but We are always looking for things to make sure that we're kind of in balance with our energy, you know? And I love that you brought that up. But if you're a mum out there and you've got a bit of anxiety around the way that your house looks, honestly, when those kids move out, you're gonna miss the mess, you really are. So (laughs) please don't sweat it. No one's judging you on how your house looks. Most of the time, um, our house looked the same 15 minutes before you got there. So please don't, please don't stress on all that stuff because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, You know, you just wanna know that your kids are healthy and happy and that's the main thing. Um, All right, let's move on to embarrassing moments, Denise. Have you had any embarrassing moments as a mum or have you embarrassed your kids in any way as a mum? No, never, I'm (laughs) joking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So many again. So um, just what you were saying before about, you know, teaching my kids, I actually didn't homeschool them. Thank goodness. I don't know how I could do that. I actually, because we're such a small town, they ended up going to the school that I was teaching at. So one of the um, embarrassing, well, many times for my kids was the fact that I was a teacher at their school. So all the teachers had access to me and could let me know when, you know, work wasn't handed in or things happened. Um, Kids around the school ground would be very quick to run up to me on a Monday morning and let me know what my kids had done on the weekend, (laughs) Um, which could potentially be embarrassing for them. Um, Another time was I had my son in grade eight for science and the first day back to school, I looked at the front row and the whole of the front row had had a sleepover at my house the night before. So, you know, we'd all had sort of homey stuff and and school stuff and he was a little bit embarrassed about that. Um, (laughs) You know, they often called me mum at school. So those kind of things. a bit of an embarrassment to them not to me i I loved it oh
0: i love that and yeah i I don't think you can get out of it as a parent there's always going to be embarrassing moments i remember on um at summer school i did the worm they asked for parents to, to do dancing for her um carnival and so i just broke out the worm and I thought she was going to be really embarrassed, but she was actually really proud that she thought wow. it was awesome. <laughs> so um, I think I've got permission to keep doing that for a few more years. <laughs> Maybe when she gets into talk. high
1: school, <laughs> it'll be embarrassing. I just, I just, That story just made me think of one other embarrassing time and I've got photographic evidence back in the day when the um you know the g-string aerobics outfits were all ago my kids were um in grade one and preschool, and they were in the front row and myself and my um aerobics instructor friend we got up in front of the whole school and took them for an aerobics routine so they were pretty embarrassed about that too
0: <laughs> well you know all those kind of g-strings are coming back in we went to the pool oh, yesterday no. and there's a lot of people with them on these days so um yes good on them <laughs> i love it it's it's all about being comfortable in your own skin and absolutely did you have the fluoro colors though was it like the fluoro pinks and yellows and you know greens
1: i did but not that day i had like a gray male tight leggings on and a sensible striped g-string oh no not the leggings i think they're more embar- more embarrassing than the g-string yeah <laughs> like
0: that. oh gosh Okay. <laughs> My cheeks are getting sore. I'm laughing. <laughs> um, do you have a philosophy around parenting? Like, do you have any values or morals or do you have any traditions in your household?
1: Um, sort of philosophy would be let, let them have the freedom to grow, but you really need to place boundaries as well. Otherwise they get just confused. Like if you let them free range. And I see a lot of young families, what I consider to be free ranging their kids these days. And I just think, you know, if my kids didn't have those boundaries when they were little, then it, they just would not have, yeah, grown up the same way that they have now. Um, manners was really important to me. And the, right from the get-go when they started speaking, you know, I always made sure that they thanked people and were grateful for everything. And, um, yeah, and, and I just wanted them to be well-behaved, nice kids so that when you could visit other people, people were happy to see them. Um, so that, that was really important to me as well when they were growing up. Um, also, yeah, instill that like, gratitude in them and, and make them understand that not everything is a right, it's a privilege, and with that comes responsibility as well. So, letting them know what their responsibilities are and, um, living up to them, uh, just, yeah, being kind to others always. And, and the other big thing about traditions, which even to this day, like my youngest, like I said, is applying for a job in New Zealand, and she wrote this incredible application. I just I feel, I feel I feel like I want to publish it it's amazing and it's because I read to them right from the get-go like before they were th- their first birthday and it didn't stop until I was a teenage kids. so that's been a re- massive tradition for us and they've got really good vocabulary really good skills around that so that's been a, a massive value and priority for me and our family's reading and the love of reading I love
0: that and it's so good for their imagination their creative play you know their vocabulary like you said like it's It's awesome, and uh, we do the same thing in our household as well. Um, I absolutely love that. There was something else I was gonna talk about. I didn't take a note, and now it's gone from my mind. But anyway, I'll come back to that. Um, What would you tell your younger self then as a first time mum, knowing what you know now about motherhood, um, what would you tell you know Denise back then when you're having that first child?
1: Yeah, just be kind to yourself. You know, you're doing the best you can with the resources that you have to you and the experience that you've got. They don't come with an instruction book. They don't come with a manual. Um, so you, you just do the best that you can and grow with the child. Um, definitely have fun along the way. You know, life's too serious. We have far too much adulthood to be serious in. So um, have fun with your kids while they're little because, like we said before, and like you said, obviously it comes up most commonly. It's, it'll just be gone in the blink of an eye. Um, the other thing, I, I guess I used to feel guilty if I had took any time for myself. So self care is not selfish at all. You need to, if you want to pour into the kids, you need to, you know, be good yourself and pour into yourself. Um, just for me, exercise has been a massive part of my whole life and still is. So I've always exercised with my kids and around my kids and made sure that I'm a positive role model for them. And that's flowed into their lives as well. They all do different things, but they're all, they're all really, um, good at exercise. You know, they make exercise a priority. So, um, I would tell my yeah, my younger self just to keep doing those things.
0: I love that, honey. It's so important that physical movement and and not pressuring them to do it, but being the example. When you show your kids that things that are priority in your life, then they tend to pick up a lot of that as well. And you know, a good example of this is yesterday, um, I'm in training for this charity thing I'm working on. And I asked my daughter, you know, well, I didn't even ask her. She was just like, mom, can I come along, you know, while you're training for this? And I was like, okay, but we're probably going to be doing 20 Ks. And she's like, yeah, that's okay. Let's, let's do it. So she rode along while I'm rollerblading and, um, Yeah, she she made nearly eighteen kilometers. We um we got back to our house actually. I'm like, oh, we're two kilometers short, (laughs) and it was so hot. I think it was like thirty four degrees or something. She's like, oh, we'll go out another day, mum, and do the Um, but you know what? It's it's not putting the putting the pressure on them. You know, letting them make their own decisions, empowering them to make their own decisions around physical um physical fitness and things like that. And something that's worked really well in our household um, is active hour. Like after school for an hour, the whole family has to get active doing something. And it might be going to a park. It might be skateboarding, rollerblading, riding our bikes, um, doing boxing. You know, the kids love to hit the boxing bag with me and, you know, running and all this kind of stuff. And it's just made such an incredible difference to our household. We've only been doing it for the last, I don't know, three or four months. But not only um, do they love to choose what we do, it it changes their behaviour and gets them off devices and um, it's helped the bedtime routine so much as well. So, you know, you'd you'd probably love that as a PE teacher.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so good. (laughs) All
0: that physical stuff. And for those that, like, us, I wish our listeners could see how you look because what did you say you are, 55? Yeah. Yep, 55. Denise looks amazing. She doesn't, she looks like she's late thirties, early forties. She takes care of herself. And I think that comes down to that self nurturing. Don't you agree, Denise, like really looking after yourself from a mental, spiritual, physical sense. Um, Do you have some routine? Do you have some routines around that? Like I know you love working out, but are you someone that gets into the, like the meditations and the positive self-talk and all that kind of thing as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's only been the last three or so years that I've made a priority. I wish I had known this when I was a young mum as well. So, yeah, my morning routine, if anyone has read the book or the audio book, um, The Miracle Morning, that's how I shape my morning every day. So I wake up, I've got this practice of placing my two feet on the ground first thing in the morning and I say thank you for today. And that's a non-negotiable. Um, then I do meditating. I just find something on YouTube. There's so many things available and I just listen for five minutes just to a nice meditation. Then I've got some, I am cards that I like to draw out. So I draw one of those out and that becomes my mantra for the day. Uh, then I do a brain dump. I've got a journal and I just write down whatever comes to my mind in that, that goes for about, you know, there's no time limit on this. It just depends on the day and what's happening. Uh, then I write down three things that I'm grateful for every single day. And then I do some sort of reading that's going to grow my mind around personal development. And that all takes, you know, I didn't think I had time for that. I just set my alarm 45 minutes early. Sometimes it takes a bit longer than others. But I just, and I know it's harder when you've got young kids, but, but there are still pockets in the day. And I've heard other mums actually incorporate their kids into that morning routine as well. So, yeah, they're my, they're my rituals. Then we hit the gym. Um... For ninety minutes, you know, I do a some my own workout. Then I go to a class and a lot of variety, like Pilates and but different types of uh, Pilates, boxing, a few different things. Uh, then come home and take the dog for a walk. So yeah, it's and of course food. You just got to nourish your body right for it to be in peak condition. And not always, you know, I I have bad days, and I had a pretty. Pretty bad weekend as far as food goes. Some a friend bought those leamington chips. Did you see those? Oh my gosh, they were disgusting.
0: There's no way I would try a lemon, like buy a packet of Lemington chips.
1: Like no. <laughs> no, I didn't buy them and I ate one at noise. I was, that was very sorry. That was the worst thirty seconds of the whole weekend. <laughs>
0: uh well you can just tell that you vibrate higher than the masses, you know, and it is because um you know, like myself, we place our health, our mindset, our spirit, our, you know, living our passion as a priority, you know, and we don't settle. We show up for ourselves, as we said before, and we, we lead ourselves first. And from that, we're able to influence and inspire others. Do you have down days? Like, do you ever have down days where you're just like, oh, I don't feel like talking to anyone today or I just feel really down today. Like, do you, do you have those? Because you, anyone that comes into your presence is just like, oh my gosh, like Denise has a shit together. She's so positive. She's so happy all the
1: time. But it's not always like that behind the scenes, is it? Like we, we do have, we do get sad. Absolutely. Absolutely. We get sad. And, and when, and when I have days like that, I, I just look at what's, what's at the root cause of it. You know, is it because I'm not being grateful for something? Am I taking something for granted? Am I, in a space of suffering about myself, and then, and then, um, you know, I've, I've during my personal development, I've got some tools that I go to now, and I just I can shift my focus, and I can I can change my state. So, I, and I choose to do that every day. You know, what there's another saying, um, heaven's not a place; it's a state. You know, here on earth, and I just choose that.
0: I love that, and um, you and I are both massive with the personal development. We love it. We love that personal evolution. And if, if you're a mum out there and you're, you know, you're feeling very overwhelmed, you're feeling very um, out of whack, you know, you, you can feel when you're off kilter, when you, something's not quite right, but you probably can't put your finger on it. This is just the universe letting you know that you're not living within your values. There's, there's something that you need to take notice of. Please don't try and. Push it down, squash it. You know, don't you know? Put it to the side. You're, there's actually lessons every day, and the universe is sending us messages, and we don't take notice of them. It's like that that feather brickle mac truck. You know, I remember our great friend Linda talks about that all the time. The universe will send you this little annoying feather, and it'll just kind of keep buzzing around. And it's like little. It might be that you keep getting a keep getting a cold, or it might be that you, um, you know, if there's something in your relationship, you're you're not bringing up it'll just send you these little niggling messages and if you don't take notice next it won't be a cold it'll be a diagnosis it'll be something bigger and then the Mack truck is basically smacked in the face with whatever it is this devastating debilitating dis-ease or it shows up in so many different ways so it's so important to allow yourself to feel sad because everything in humanity happens in duality. You can't be happy, happy, happy all the time and you can't fake, fake, fake happiness all the time either because you'll fall very hard. So when you do go into these states of sadness, allow your body to feel it, you know, and take some time out, you know, don't feel like you have to push through it. Take some time out and ask the universe, why am I feeling like this? You know, where is this coming from? Maybe your diet's out of whack. We now know that the gut microbiome is so important for regulating your mood, your energy, um, your state, as Denise was talking about, um, depression, anxiety. So much of it comes from your gut. And if you're not nourishing that and looking after yourself and staying off the Lemmington chips, <laughs> um, then you're going to have dis-ease and discomfort in your life and probably poor relationships. and. And the like. So um, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Denise. And yeah, and quite often it's the strong ones that can fall the hardest because we are constantly vibrating really high all the time that our energy is poured into so many other people plus ourselves that, you know, sometimes the universe will, will make us fall hard just to, to level us out and bring us back into balance. So I love that. Um, what's one thing that you've nailed as a mum where you're just like, Denise, you nailed that girlfriend? What have you got? You've probably got tonnes of things, but
1: (laughs) if you could put it down to a few. What do you think you've absolutely nailed as a mum? I think think communication. I think open communication. You know, my kids will be happy to talk to me about anything. Sometimes too much, sometimes. (laughs) I remember having some pretty interesting conversations with my son. But, um, yeah, just they they all know that they can come to me with anything and talk about anything with zero judgement and know that they're not always looking for advice, of course, as they get older, but just knowing that I will listen with an open heart and have that open communication. So I think, yeah, that one.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love that. And it's so important to have somewhere that your kids can go and feel heard and not judge. And um, it's such an important skill. And we spoke about this on last week's call. Sometimes just sitting down with your child and just not talking but just being in their presence, you know, is enough sometimes. That's enough communication for them sometimes. You know, it doesn't have to always be through words and I love that I, and I think you've nailed that as well I'm, I know you as a person and um, yeah I think you've absolutely nailed your communication which is good um, it helps being a teacher too you've got to be a very good communicator as a teacher <laughs> um, okay last question what are three of your best mum hacks so any any three tips that you've got for other mums out
1: there what uh, what advice have you got um, appreciate every single day i mentioned this before every single day that you have them under your roof um i've been watching people's my, in my newsfeed on facebook today the back to school photos and the common theme has been you know how did they get to be in this grade so fast and how, you know that their first day at school and like where did that time go so yeah appreciate every single day that you have them under your roof um, my second one would be to watch the way that you speak your vocab so, and, and in the way that you think about this, I went and saw Taraya Pitt uh, recently, or about 18 months ago now, and she was, you know, I don't, everyone knows her story, I'm sure, but um, she was saying that she found herself feeling like she had to do things for her son. Yeah, she was great, so grateful to have a son in the first place, but then she's going, I have to do the shopping and I have to change his nappy and I have to cook his food. And then she caught herself and she went, no, I get to do that. As his mum, I get to do that. So. Uh, I think a mum hack would be catch yourself at every time that you think you're having to do something for your kids, like mum's taxi or making them do home, whatever it is, you know, you actually get to do that. So that would be a big hack that I wish that I had, someone had told me. Um, Is it okay if I do four? (laughs) Yeah, my third one would be, um, yeah, create experiences and not buy stuff. You know, they don't remember stuff, they don't need stuff. They need you, they need your time, and they need to go out in the op- open and outdoors and, you know, go camping and fall over in the mud and all that sort of stuff. So create experiences in, the, in nature with them and be their parent, not their friend, you know. They, you, they set, set boundaries. They will always, they'll always love you. They'll always come back. It might not be a apparent at the time, but they will always appreciate the fact that you've set boundaries for them.
0: I love that. And I just want to go back to your third one where you said, you know, create those experiences and get dirty with them, you know, play, get into that playful state. One of my good friends, Dion Wiley did, I think it was like the Tough Mudder or something with her daughters um, who were both under 10 on the weekend. And she asked them that night, what was the best part about, you know, what we got to do? And they said, you getting muddy with us mum you know kids love that they love you know and um in albury not long ago we got a massive downpour of rain it was it's been so dry down here like the the dams and the ponds and everything dry like the the ducks disappeared for a while and, and we had this massive downpour and we just got really silly we went out running in the rain and it was just so good you know and you know when you ask your kids um and we did this with our kids you know do you remember what you got for Christmas last year? And they'll go, No, but they'll remember the experiences, they'll remember the treasure hunts we did, or the park crawls we did, or you know, the people we visited or hanging out with the kids or where we went. And I think that's so much more important than the possessions. And you know, I, I had this conversation with my own mum just recently. She um she's a she's a possession holder and she wants to offload her possessions to us. <laughs> and, you know, especially when she passes on. And um I, I'm kind of like mom i don't i don't I'm not a possession person, and please don't make me feel bad for not wanting possessions, but at the end of the day, when I'm on my deathbed, it's all about the experiences that my soul got to have, you know the adventures and the love I got to give and the love I received and it's not going to be about a wooden blanket box that's been in the family for hundred over a hundred years <laughs> but um my mum my mum um god bless her she yeah she sees things a little bit differently and she's very into traditions and possessions like that and family heirlooms and and i'm a bit of the opposite so i don't like to hold on to things for very long but you're so right and you know we're really big into you know leaving um a better footprint on our planet and i think as humans we're going off in the wrong direction when we're we're buying too much stuff and the impact that that has on global warming and um you know animals and the ecosystem and everything like that whereas if we create more experiences and buy less shit we're going to leave the planet and reverse be able to reverse some of this damage that we've done shit i've just taken this podcast very deep now haven't
1: i (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, it's important. It's an important message. Absolutely. Oh, I think it's what really it important. is. It yeah. is, but
0: I love that. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll
1: leave it there before I go on
0: my big let's save the planet rant. <laughs> um, but, Denise, if people um, have loved listening to you and they want to follow you, like, where can they find you? Where are you hanging out online, social media? Where are you?
1: I'm on Facebook as Denise Whelan. So, D E N I S E W H E L A N um I'm, I'm on instagram as well i'm denise Gove, um but i'm not a big instagrammer so probably don't worry about following me on there it'd be a bit boring <laughs> so yeah mainly, mainly
0: facebook yeah you can find me there awesome and um no disrespect to greg i didn't introduce you as denise Wheelan when i got you on here for, for our listeners um denise's name is popped up here on screen in front of me as denise ambrose so then that just got in my head but she's denise Wheelan, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Having you on our show today, Denise, we have loved every minute and I know that our listeners are absolutely going to love and adore you and if any of them ever get to come into your presence, well, actually, this Friday night, um, they get to come into your presence as you jump online, um, people will get to meet you. But for, for those that are listening at a later date that missed our Friday night with Denise... Um, if you get the opportunity to come into this woman's presence, you will not be disappointed. She is an incredible human being and um, she lights up a room when she's in it. Let me tell you, she's one of those people. So I love how you vibrate, honey, the frequency you're tuned into. It's infectious. And from my heart to yours, thank you for being on our show. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for
1: having me. I've loved every minute too. I'm so grateful for your Thanks,